This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Ladies and gentlemen, put your megaphones down and take off your... Um, weird air <laughs> airbrush jackets. Oh yeah, it's time to discuss a man from the Memphis Territory. As we know, I think the Memphis Territory is a piece of shit run by pederists or pillheads. Everyone who's involved in the administration of that organization is a fucking cunt. He's a cunt. You really think so, Jerry Jarrett? Piece of shit. Why? Why was? Why is Jerry Jarrett a piece of shit? I don't know. <laughs> oh, because he is sired Jeff Jarrett. Continue. Yes. <laughs> from his balls, from the balls of ostensibly a good man, that said, from Tennessee, can't be that good. That's very funny. Jerry Jarrett, at some point in his youth, was in a car when the N-word was yelled out of the window, and he did nothing but went, correct. <laughs> good job. Accurate. Good job, Alfie or Rudiger or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Rudiger? I don't know. Rudiger, why not? R- in the South. Rudiger? Rudiger? Hey, Rudiger, come here and kiss my asshole. Is there a man who is more synonymous with your memories of professional wrestling that you can't remember ever having done anything than Jimmy Hart? The only time I even remember him interfering is WrestleMania 7. The megaphone is one of the best props for a manager but other than that he just kind of looked like a piece of shit yeah he looked like he did like amateur taxidermy and is also part of the worst moment in wrestlemania history what's that wrestlemania 9 yeah hulk hogan oh yeah puts the leg drop on uh yoko no, 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 no. This is in the Mega Maniacs versus Money Incorporated. Oh, one of the tag team yeah. champions. The stupidest fucking way to end a match ever. Yeah. Is referees down, Brutus and Hulk pin Money Inc. Jimmy panics, flips uh, over his jacket, and reveals pinstripes. And he counts the one, two, three, and G- um, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake think they've won the belt. This ain't ECW, Jim. You can't do that. <laughs> Anytime Jim Cornette is like, oh, it's all fine, and then but he never brings that piece of shit up, that's fucking awful. Do you think that Paul Heyman saw that and was like, wait a minute, anyone's the referee, even this fucking loser? Absolutely. He kind of looks like Beavis's dad. He <laughs> <laughs> looks like he would be Beavis and Butthead's dad somehow. Or their mom. <laughs> Ooh, they're mummy. Transphobic, transphobic. So do you know how Jimmy Hart got started in wrestling? I assume he had a shaved face and had his back turned and Jerry Lawler grabbed his tush and went, mmm, sweet as... P- oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You're a man. That's two strikes. You're above 18 and a man. Boo. This bad, banana's bad, brown. Bad, bad, bad. That, that, that is bad. That's sour milk. Another kind of sour milk I like. I like them older, young. Ooh. Either just born or about to die. That's what Jerry likes. I'm very uncomfortable. Here's what Jerry here's what Jimmy Hart did. Um basically they they wanted to do a music video, because I don't know that sounds silly, but 
pro wrestling organizations in the late 70s would just fucking do music videos for some reason. If you don't believe me, look up Bad Street USA by the Fabulous Freebirds. Don't look. Don't believe that. Look up Ross, Wrestle Rock Rumble by yeah. the entire AWA roster. Oh, yeah. I'm Big Scott Hall, and I'm here to say everyone knows that I'm straight away. <laughs> so... They do a uh, music video. Best part of the Wrestle Rock Rumble is Vern Gagne clearly can't get through it because his dentures are about to fall out of his mouth. Vern Gagne is... To quote Jim Cornette, uh, here's what I would do if someone made that in the company I owned. Fire whoever made it, fire whoever was involved in helping him make it, and swear everyone to secrecy, and burn the tape. <laughs> <laughs> we, didn't, we did a Vern Gagne episode. We didn't make fun of that guy enough. No, Vern Gagne is developing much like uh, subtle racial undertones to be a major theme in, in the wrestler review oeuvre. <laughs> subtle? Gene Okerlund being a sadosexual murderer. Vern Gagne being the worst piece of shit. Why aren't you wearing wool? Pardon me, Hulk. Here's why you can't be the champ. Spoke to a woman in public. Not your wife? No talking. <laughs> Well, I just think I I just think I would beat up Muhammad Ali. Yeah. If a man's bald, he won't also have facial hair. Then he's not bald. Witchcraft. Just because I look like a giant baby in a diaper doesn't mean I'm not the champion, okay? Just because I look like a baby uh, giant in a diaper doesn't mean I know how to use the toilet. My wife changes me. <laughs> I did a naughty. Wipe my tushy, Loretta. Bum bum, Loretta. Wipe my bum bum. Loretta, my bum needs your attention. Kiss <laughs> my bum. Kiss, kiss my bum, Loretta. Kiss my bum. I don't invest in toilet paper. I invest in a my, new wife. Yeah. Lick, lick. <laughs> I was about to say, I just, invest in, I just invest in my daughter's dentist. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 so Jimmy Hart, here's how he became friends. They meet this music video for Big Memphis Wrestling. Apparently, him and Jerry Lawler went to the same school, but they didn't hang around the same circle. Well, it's probably because there's one school in Memphis that uh, uh, teaches this. These black people are here because of the federal government. We don't like that. Here's a graph. Black people, this part, the other one is bad. As yeah. you can see, the arrow's going up. Welcome to How to Live in the World, taught here at this Memphis high school. Jerry Lawler, hope you're paying attention. Number one, if a woman's above 14... It's fine. Number two. <laughs> if um, she's above 18, that's if you, bad. If you call yourself the king, you can just be that. <laughs> so, Jerry Lawler. I am the king. Jer Jerry Lawler meets uh, Jimmy Hart. They strike up a friendship because neither of them drink or do drugs. What? Nope. Jimmy Hart and Jerry Lawler both do not drink or do drugs at all, ever. So he's like, well, what do you do for fun? And he's like, I play a weekly football game. So they're like, okay. And Jimmy Hart and apparently Jimmy Hart used to be a wide receiver, like a very good wide receiver or something. And uh, yeah, they just ended up playing football together. Uh, they keep on they keep on that relationship going. Eventually, they're going to do a retirement match with Jerry Lawler and Jimmy Valiant. And of course, it's pro wrestling. So the retirement lasts exactly one week. When they have a concert where Jerry Lawler plays bass for Jimmy Hart's band, The Gentries, who once had a number one hit or number f top five hit in the uh, 60s. So he's playing bass and then Jimmy Valiant can't fucking stand it, comes in, attacks everyone in The Gentries, beats the shit out of the whole band, which I really want to see. Good. 
Um, Accurate. In- including Jerry Lawler. And then Jerry Lawler's like, I can't stand for this. You're taking out my friends now. And no. then he comes back for a big return match. How it's supposed to be. <laughs> there is one thing, though. Jerry Lawler turns heel and gets Jimmy Hart as his manager. And that's how Jimmy Hart comes into wrestling. Now, here's the thing about this. Jimmy Hart never talked during being during uh, his managership of Jerry Lawler. He, I'm not making that. He never talked. So he was his actual manager. He just stood there looking nervous beside him. Yeah. It's the most, like, Jimmy Hart must be the most, in a weird way, must be the most fun to hang out with, or he just befriends the right people. That's the only reason. Like, his friendship with Hulk Hogan, to me, is... The fact that he was in Hulk Hogan's contract for WCW. Here's what I need. I'm coming in. Ed Leslie, Jimmy Hart. Like, he braiding... Oh, my God. I mean, we'll get to it, but the whole reason he leaves the WWF is because of Thunder in Paradise. He wrote the theme song to that, didn't he? Yeah, or something. Oh, my God. Because he wrote... Jimmy Hart is... Are you saying he he was in the writer's room for Thunder in Paradise? Did he pitch the futuristic prison episode where Sting is the guy that they don't they <laughs> heavily imply is a rapist, but never say he's a rapist, but they just say, you don't want to be alone with that guy, and then they just look at a woman? And then he's like, all right, surfing and consent is optional. By the <laughs> way, when you went, all right, that's basically what his character is. No, that's who Sting is. Sting is, ha yeah, all right, with surfing. <laughs> Let's surf to how cool ninjas pizza. It's just basically every character in the 90s that was a babyface in the early 90s was just wrestling, trying to do the Ninja Turtles again. And so they would just add surfing to it. It was fantastic. So That's what Sting looked like in Thunder <laughs> So Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Hart is in Memphis now. Now here's a big thing is Jerry Lawler in that football game we mentioned hurts his leg. Now Jerry hurts his leg. Um, he breaks, he breaks his, leg. his leg. He's the number one babyface in the territory. And uh, no, sorry, he's a number one heel with Jimmy Hart, uh, feuding with Bill Dundee, and he breaks his leg. Jimmy Hart gives a big promo and says that he's shedding his skin, and uh, when you bro- when a horse, horse breaks his leg, leg, you got to shoot it. So then, and Jerry this, Lawler, there is a lot of um, conjecture, a lot of conjecture over whether or not Jerry Lawler took this to be a real thing. And had a problem with Jer- uh, Jimmy Hart for quite some time. It is. Absolutely, point of fact that um, uh, this caused a rift between uh, uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler. Yes, o- over he saying this on television, like how how dare you? Really? <laughs> yeah, apparently it was a big. Because I heard the rift was basically over Jerry Jarrett being like, "Don't fucking play that full contact football game. You're gonna hurt yourself. We need you." Yeah, and was- then Jerry Lawler was like, "No, nah, I'm doing it." And then he just and then he broke his leg and. Jer- hey man, fucking Jimmy Hart was like. I can see Jerry Lawler's point. I'm sorry, he's in an athletic pursuit, and his diet is mostly Coca-Cola and Twinkies, and he's like, "Yeah, it'll be cool." What do you need me to do? Pile drive, take the strap down, bleed more than anyone else has ever bled before, have sex with a woman who doesn't know how to grow pubic hair. <laughs> I can do that with no legs. We've used up all of our Jerry Lawler fucks kids jokes for the Jerry Lawler episodes. No, we haven't. <laughs> We're just gonna have to come up with new ones because we because then it's also then there's also also all the Stacy the cat Carter uh, like the amount of people that are like she sucked this guy's dick she sucked that guy's dick let me tell you whose dick I know she didn't suck 
Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure she didn't suck my dick. Yeah. And I'm a woman. But, but she's also, uh, that's the attitude era when it's like, they're whores. <laughs> they're all whores. Do you think in 10 years we're going to come out and be like, Becky Lynch was just hoofing on everyone's ass no, on stage? Give it to, oh, yeah. No, well, like, they, I'm sure they'd be talking more about Paige, but given the year Paige has had, they're like, let's, we'll let her off. <laughs> well, Paige is just a, she's just a 20 year old cokehead. I don't even think she does coke. I think she's just from rural England. No, they. Uh, that was the. There was an argument in an airport. Her and Alberto Del Rio got into that caused uh, speculation that they were going to get divorced, and also speculation that he beats the shit out of her. Yeah, well, them screaming, "Where's the coke?" in the middle of an airport. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? What? That was a little tip. Yeah, that was that was the alleged thing. I don't know. It's all dirt sheet stuff, right? Everyone has a cell phone on. Uh, it must suck to be a pro wrestler now because you make 60 Gs a year and you have this weird segment of people who like know your blood type. Yeah. You know? Oh, hello, Alberto El Patron. Were you just at your uncle's house? Not Mil Mascaris. Gordo. Like, Kenny King has to have a side job, but people like know every step of his career. Well, Kenny King is working somewhere right now to make rent, and also Jim Cornette is using his name as an expletive while he's installing a shelf. Fucking Kenny King, you fucking Chippendale, I'll come, you come there, I'll bite your dick, Kenny. <laughs> I'll bite your fucking dick, you cunt. So Jim Hart, Jim Hart. Jim Hart, no, yeah, not Jimmy, Jim. <laughs> Jim he's too old to be a Jimmy, he's Jim. Jim Hart. Jim Hart. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. No, you're Jim, buddy, you're 82. I'm Jim Hart. So Jimmy Jimmy Hart's in Memphis. Uh, he turns heel. And this is where he really begins He begins his basically his speaking role in professional wrestling. He still he speaks clearly yet and because he was the front man of a fucking group. Mind he's you. the front man of a fucking group, and he becomes the biggest heel manager in Memphis and is yeah. the main antagonist for Jerry Lawler when he comes back from the broken leg, all that sort of stuff, and is put over. He is so over as a bad guy manager that when Cornette is brought into Memphis initially... It is just so they're like they're like all heels need a manager named Jim that's a dick. Yeah. That's you now. It's crazy to think of it because he's literally the least remarkable manager. And in this, the by WWF. the way, is the only time that he is an effective number one heel. And you show it's you see how over he was. It was a fucking huge, huge, huge fucking deal. And he never gets that shot again because he when he moves on to the Fed, he's competing against Bobby Heenan who's head and shoulders better than him, and he gets l suckered into just a comfortable role, and he stays there. Well, think about this, though. This is Jimmy Hart has been in pro wrestling for five years? Yo. When Bobby Heenan, when he's in the Fed, and Bobby Heenan's been in pro wrestling, what, Yolo. 20? Yolo. At that time? Yolo. So, I mean, even if Jimmy Hart was amazing and just never got the chance, he's never really given the chance couple other things about Memphis wrestling. Number one, Jerry Lawler broke his jaw. People think, was that intentional? Jimmy Hart doesn't know. Jimmy Hart is pretty sure it has something to do with the... Uh, you. That's so fucking weird. You, oh, it's one of those things, but it's also... it's. This is why Memphis territory sucks. Andy Kaufman can come in and call them all like, you guys suck the dicks of a pig. And it was like, it was all a work. We ran on it from the start. Jerry Lawler takes orders from his boss and it was like, you did that intentionally despite me. I thought you were my friend. That's for you. Smack. 
Do you know how the Andy Kaufman thing in Memphis happened? He called Vince McMahon uh, senior, yep. and yep. Vince McMahon said, "Your said this will never work." And Memphis was the next ter- the next biggest territory. Yep. And um, and he said, "Absolutely, absolutely." Thank you very much. Yeah. Great. I have a hard time hating Jerry Lawler because other than oh, I didn't realize you loved pedophiles. This is going to sound silly, but when it comes to professional wrestling, it's kind of almost easy to ignore that. (laughs) (laughs) You're at such a level of bad people that (laughs) a little Jerry Lee Lewis action doesn't really... I got some some bad news for everybody. I got to agree with Dylan on that. It's one of those things where you're like, yes, I'm looking the other way on this. That's simply because based on the evidence I've presented, there's a lot of people doing a lot worse. (laughs) Here's a story that was brought up as a joke that haunts me. So there's a podcast where Tony Schiavone is talking about the career of Ric Flair. Now, here's one of the pranks, the Ric Flair. So Ric Flair, well-known to try and get people drunk. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get people drunk, right? That's his fun idea of fun is he buys you five kamikazes. He has one. Yeah. That's his fun idea of fun. So he does that with David Von Erich. And David Von Erich and this girl look like they're going to hook up. He gets her, him and the girl so fucked up that they don't hook up. Because... Now they're blacked out, and since you, you know, when people are blacked out, you can just, they're so open to suggestion, you can do whatever you want, basically. So, Rick, I mean, it's not as dark as you're thinking it is right oh, now. No. He doesn't, <laughs> he kills the girl, covers David in the blood. Um, but he leads them both to he their put, hotel room. He puts David Von Eric on an airplane to Tokyo, Japan. One thing leads to another. No, no, no lips will not sink your ship. <laughs> Sends For those room. of you that don't understand that joke, David Von Eric died in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. Out of a thing that literally they have no idea. Obviously, we do know. This is the like, everyone goes. What could it have been? Ric Flair, by everyone the way, was like he ate too many shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a pro wrestler in the eighties. He did a designer drug by made by the yakuza. No, like but he did the drug in RoboCop two <laughs> and he died. <laughs> he just. Did a fucking weird injection into his neck and died. Well, here's the thing, and this is how you know this is the real one, is uh, Ric Flair in his book goes, there's a lot of things said about what happened. Here's what I think happened. Bruiser Brody uh, heard what was happening, rushed into the room, flushed the toilet, uh, thrust the drugs down the toilet, and then left. And then like Bill Irwin's like, that's not what happened. And it's like, no, that is exactly what yeah, happened. Yeah, but there's... there's, there's um. Even oh, Dylan to the rescue, rescuing his favorite wrestler, the Yellow Rose of Texas, no, David Von Erich. That's why I think that, that this did happen is because there's this long-standing tradition of like wrestlers hiding shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he escorts David Von Erich and this lovely lady back to her their so, hotel room, puts them in bed. All of this so far, so far, very weird, but well, fine. So far, polite man does nice thing. Yeah. Here's where it gets weird. <laughs> he strips them both naked and throws out their clothes and leaves David with only a cowboy hat. <laughs> he stripped... Stripping your friend naked? Weird, but fine. Stripping a strange woman naked while she's passed out? <laughs> Not good. And I'm just going to trust that Ric Flair didn't didn't dip his tulip in the ground? Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair. Fucking gross. Uh, Ric Flair, a man who's never smoked, but for sure smells like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just hang out at the Mingo Hall. <laughs> That's where you scope the deals. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, Why do I wear a cardigan? Need more pockets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jimmy Hart is in uh, He's in Memphis Wrestling, and uh, he's a major, major heel. 
He's learned it really, really quickly. Um, the obviously the fucking he gets a major press with the Andy Kaufman angle, and then shortly after that, he is led into the WWF, where he's coming and he's sort of meant to be like he's Bobby Heenan, but young and crazy. Yes, his first big uh, wrestler he manages is. I'd say Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yes. His early run is very, very interesting because he has Heart Foundation, Greg the Hammer Valentine, eventually no. Dangerous Danny Davis. Great angle, by the way, which is a referee in the Fed that always sides with the bad guys. It's basically Bill Alfonso, but eventually gets booted out and becomes a wrestler Dangerous Danny Davis, but still mm-hmm. dresses in referee costumes, except for the word dangerous on his ass in red. <laughs> Then he went back to being a regular referee after that, which I didn't like. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. But hey, it's wrestling. It's the weird thing about for the fact that the Fed has not figured out that their fans are worse than Game of Thrones fans. Wh- whose fans? Wrestling fans are worse than Game of Thrones fans in cer- terms of detail. Where it's like now, Danny Davis is a referee. Ah, I think you'll find that that might be a dangerous prospect based on his reputation. <laughs> but I mean, that's how it should be. It should be like. Yes, like it should the be. only year apparently they had storyboards for continuity was the year 2000, and that's the year in wrestling where everyone loved. And I don't think it was only because it's like you got to reward not the only people that, for by watching. The way, keep in mind that that guy it is like a known story of the because they brought that was the first time they brought in a TV writer, and mm-hmm. he came in and he storyboarded, blocked it out, and apparently he was made fun of by everyone involved in the company, being like, "What's this fucking tryhard doing? Hey, tryhard, what's your name? Ta- nerd, nerd." <laughs> You know what it Yo, is? Yo, Dave Taylor, get your meat platter ready. We're about to be done with this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I had heard is that uh, it's like it, it seems like a TV show. How they like on TV shows, what they'll do is they'll have like four guys working on jokes, and one guy just works on structure. And wrestling either has only structure guys or only jokes guys. They yeah. have no like no middle ground. Um, here's something I really like what they do because. He Jimmy Hart managed King Kong Bundy for a minute, and then they were like, okay, King Kong Bundy is actually good, and he's going to challenge Hulk Hogan. So he trades, Jimmy Hart trades King Kong Bundy to Bobby Heenan for Adrian Adonis and the Missing Link, which is cool. And they used to do this shit, man. They used to have this. Yeah, all- they, they had the big thing. It was one of the things that leads to the Hart Foundation leaving and the natural disasters leaving of like, oh, the, the manager has the contract yeah. for like your title shot. He can give it to another team. Yeah. That sort of stuff where it like that. And that's a great way of doing it. And it buys into the storyline of it all. I always like, I even liked when uh, Gorilla Monsoon would talk about the winner's purse money where it's like one guy's going to make more money tonight than the other guy. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous, but it adds a dimension of reality to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Even the whole thing of like you can either be a wrestler or a manager, you can't hand uh, hold both licenses within the Fed. Like I liked that that whole thing of like why isn't Bobby Heenan in wrestling? It's like he can't. He's either a wrestler or a manager. He can't hold both licenses. Yeah, and uh, and Jimmy Hart is um, a fat in that weasel <laughs> who looks like he invented kid porn. No, Correct. A- That's the wrestler review, everybody. Best thing about Shut Jimmy the Hart. Fuck up. He'll be dead. Worst thing still alive. For Dylan Gott. Support our lives. I like that because it, it adds that sports aspect to it. Also, when Bam Bam Bigelow came in and everyone was bidding on him, that was a fucking great angle. Oh, that's awesome. Also, Bam Bam Bigelow broken into the business by? Broded. Broded. Who? Boop, boop, boop. Shut up. Shut up. Larry Sharp, right? Put this in your mouth. Put Monster this in Factory. Mouth. No, who broke him into the business? Who gave him his first job? Me. It was? My mom. 
Paul Heyman at a wrestling match they did at Studio 54. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then someone, I forget, oh, no, we'll, we'll do a Bam Bam episode eventually. But someone made him get head tattoos and was like, there was all these origins of like the head tattoos. He's like, oh, yeah, I was an arm wrestler. But literally, it was a guy going like, you want to be a millionaire? Cover your head with fucking tattoos. And yeah. he didn't. Hey, hey, what's your name? Bam Bam? Tattoo fire on your head. <laughs> so they're just basically giving him like serious mid carters to manage. But like serious mid carters. But like uh, Jimmy Hart. Just I would say Jimmy Hart. Uh, like Jimmy Hart with the honky tonk man. Like, Jimmy Hart has sort of three distinct moments. This is sort of WrestleMania one with him, Greg the Hammer Valentine. Th- he's very much over as the evil bad guy manager. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. After WrestleMania one, when it's Heenan is sort of starting to feed monsters to Hogan. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart very much takes a step back in for that year. In the build to WrestleMania three, it builds back up with the Bulldogs versus the Hart Foundation for the tag titles. That's a very big moment. Also, um, Honky Tonk Man, Jake the Snake Roberts, where it's very much like Jimmy Hart is like, good, good, he's dead. Is there a better manager prop than the megaphone? Absolutely not. I think the megaphone's the like most legitimate one. It's great, and you can also see the derivatives they used of it, like Bill Alfonso with the whistle. Yeah. It also adds an element of sheer annoyance. You hate this fucking guy, because even if you watch, not so much later on, but like WrestleMania, like like eras of like the late 80s, yeah, where you'll hear like, It's up to pay attention to the match when, like, when he's managing rhythm and blues and they just like fucking suck. Just like it adds a lot to the match where it's like, yeah. oh, I'm still paying attention. That guy's yellow. The human equivalent of a chair is refusing to dress like he's in the 50s. <laughs> and if you focus on this time with the Heart Foundation, it's really good because it's a really great thing to have for a heel tag team. And the other thing is he shits all over the the killer bees because uh, <laughs> he talks about how shitty the killer bees were. What are they going to do? Sting me? No, he says... um. There was time. There was like there was a bunch of ha- matches they had with the Heart Foundation, where literally no one ca- gave a fuck about the Killer Bees, to the point where he was doing the babyface manager thing of like smacking the apron and trying to get the Killer Bees, like trying to get the fans into it. Mm. He just said they fucking sucked. Well, it's also like he wrestled. He managed so many. Like wrestle. Watch WrestleMania three. The amount of times Jimmy Hart has to go to the ring is seven, six, seven times. No, I, that's an utter exaggeration three or four because these managers would have stables right yeah but bobby heenan goes to the ring harley race i think he only goes to the ring with harley race no he must go with andre he goes to the ring with andre and harley race so he goes twice yeah but jimmy jimmy, Hart- jimmy hart's out there with the dream team honky tonk mm-hmm Adrian Adonis, mm-hmm. Dream Team, Adrian Adonis, Honky Tonk, one more. Oh, the fucking uh, Danny Davis and Brett the Hitman and the Heart Foundation. Yeah. And I think another time. He goes with it five times. Like he, He's very much like a way to put over a heel. This is the way you use Jimmy Hart. He's in the slivering role of like gross, grimy manager while Bobby Heenan is the slick, fucking horrible, cheater, weasel, son of a bitch manager. And they're very distinct. After this WrestleMania, 
they slowly become very similar characters and that Jimmy Hart just sort of is a neutral who gives a fuck. Bobby Heenan continues to be awesome. Also, the introduction of Slick, who, you know... Is the best. The best. <laughs> but see, I'm black! I'm what Vince McMahon thinks a black man is. I just make overt, weird, Ebonics references. <laughs> Turn out the lights! We're partying! <laughs> I think Akeem's black! <laughs> But the thing is, like, uh, Jimmy Hart's not like really those managers where it sounds weird, but most of the dudes he's managing can already talk because he's way more like the little dog to the big dog in fucking uh, Looney Tunes. Yeah. He's, I'm going to get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. He morphs into this hybrid of what he was with Jerry Lawler and what he was with the first family in Memphis, whereas, like, he does some of the talking where he just comes in, yells for a bit. Because you think about this, like the high energy, like the Hart Foundation was like Anvil super high energy, Jimmy Hart super high energy, and then just Bret Hart being like, um, I do all the wrestling. <laughs> yeah. I wear aviators and can you wrestle for me? I do, <laughs> I do aviators and I haven't figured out for some reason I wear pink. <laughs> who's got a cigarette and a woman who's not my wife? He said Honky Tonk was the best guy he worked with, her, him and uh, adorable Adrian Adonis, and he was Mr. Midcard. Mr. Midcard, heel manager. Now, uh, But a- again, he wrote a lot of the music with Honky Tonk Man as well. That's why they put him with Honky Tonk Man, because like they were like, okay, the gentries, he can do that type yeah. of shit. And it was also, that worked so well. Him and Honky Tonk Man made sense, where he's like the Colonel Jimmy Hardy's the mouth of the South, that was a great package. Him with Honky Tonk, or him with Adrian Adon works because it's like Adrian Adon is this weird, kooky oddball. He's a man, but he's wearing a dress. That's bad. <laughs> Shame. Yeah. Shame. Get, get me another man in a kilt, but he destroys his set with a crowbar. <laughs> so yeah, and then uh, he did he did some cool stuff like WrestleMania three. He's out there against Alice Cooper, you know, because they have to come up with the. By the way. Uh, Jimmy Hart, petrified of snakes, made the mistake of telling them that, which is why he pulls muscles in his chest trying to get away from the snake. He's so petrified of the snake. He pulled muscles in his chest. Uh, supposedly, he really hurt himself because that's why, like, when like Al Cooper puts him in the full Nelson, it's like very awkward because that he was like, "I'll go to the ring, but if that snake goes on me, I'm gonna lose my mind." And there is genuine fear in his beady weasel eyes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But uh, Hart finally gets to deliver a guy who's a threat to Hogan with Earthquake in 1990. Um, um, and Dino Bravo, it should be said, you know, Dino Bravo, if he would have stopped smuggling cigarettes for more than 20 minutes, could have been a very legitimate threat to Hulk Hogan. Unfortunately, he had to smuggle those cigarettes. Yeah, it's just over and over again, Jimmy Hart being with these huge fucking like he managed the natural disasters is fantastic Why wouldn't you he starts managing hulk hogan in one of the most needless pairings ever i want to know what this guy has on these guys that he they're like jimmy hart has to be protected he's annoying and no <laughs> one likes him shut up you shut up because really his heel run is he manages natural disasters um, he manages the Mountie to an intercontinental title. Makes sense. Like he's just he's the intercontinental manager. He very much is the Mountie. He's the intercontinental natural manager disasters, and also the nasty the boys. Hogan rhythm needs and blues, as we mentioned. Hogan needs a heel to face at SummerSlam. Who's Jimmy Hart? Oh, Jimmy Hart is wrestling Cholesterol McGillicuddy. Ah, oh, very good. What happens here? Oh no, it's the Butter Slam. 
<laughs> he slams butter in your face. Watch out, Hulk. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he finally turns babyface in like 1993 when uh, the Nasty Boys, or sorry, Money Inc. attacks uh, Brutai the Barber Beefcake. Um, My, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, uh, uh, not to forget, had his face hurt in a boat accident to the point they had to absolutely restructure it. Have you heard about this? It's the most fucked thing in the entire world. Yeah, it's like he almost died. Like a variety of times. Like the surgery that saved his life, they were like, he'll either, this will either like save him or kill him. There's no alternative. Yeah, he fell off like a sea-doo and fucking... He had a woman on his back and then the sea-doo hit him in the face. Yeah. And they had to give him a new face. Like it's the most... It's most classic Brutus the Barber. <laughs> yeah, like it's a, like it's a, it's a wrestler death if there ever was one. But in the odd, it's all the wrestler death earmarks. Florida, <laughs> a woman who's vaguely mentioned. A woman, a nameless woman, yeah. alcohol, motorcycles. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, of course. But this is the. It, it, I bet you probably never thought of it this way. But this is an odd solidification of like wrestling's on this downhill run for a couple years. So now it's like 92, 93. Um, they're doing the new generation. The new generation is not as like liked as the old generation. So now Hulk Hogan is solidifying his power. He's solidifying his power and like surrounding himself it's in like the greatest. Nasty Boys, Jimmy Hart, Brutus Barber Beefcake. This is the Hulk Hogan click. Yeah. Oh, what a creepy click. The actual click's doing coke. This click is just like. What are Linda's tits like? Let me tell you, brother. Hulk Hogan <laughs> doesn't know because he's not married, but Terry Bollea is unsatisfied in the bedroom. <laughs> but think about the click, though. Think about the click. Like, Michaels, very talented. Nash, good. Scott Hall, great. Triple H, talented. I mean, you shit on him a lot, but that's just because, like... He's a piece of shit and no one likes him. Everyone knows when that. When you're a B-plus and you get treated like an A-plus, people are going to be mad, right? Yeah. X-Pac? great great i think just incredible i guess is the extended click he kind of sucks but he was good i i love just just incredible in ecw was fucking great yeah. and then you look at the hulk Hogan i'm wearing click. a belly top and i sleep with a woman who's got stds and i don't care about that <laughs> that was no that was actually lance storm sorted me and my friend sleeps with a woman who has stds and i'm okay with that my manager it's implied has aids <laughs> I don't like Jason. I, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, Joey Styles, when Jason, Justin Credible's manager, would get in the ring, uh, Joey Styles would just start yelling, don't touch Jason. Don't touch Jason. To no explanation. Yeah, of course. Because Jason fucks everybody. It was implied that Jason was like a male gigolo and that most of it was borderline consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, sometimes he'll just take it. ECW. up. ECW. up. ECW. up. He just robs you of the money, takes it, and says that's a deal. Yeah. That's not a deal, Jason. Yeah. That's not how deals work. Yeah. Jason, Jason, books aren't just for coming on. Read them. <laughs> but this is Jimmy Hart, the baby face, which is just absolutely... Sexy. I mean, what? No. It's just fucking awful. Who's hard? I am. No. It's just awful. Like, there's nothing to sink yeah, your but teeth Hulk Hogan doesn't need a mouthpiece. But he's just once again standing there. Yeah, he's, he's just once again standing there. He's standing there, there, and then it switches to, in the megaphone during Hulk's matches, you just hear... 
Get on him, Hulk. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, and it's it's a good thing for Hogan because it's a real it's a. If Hogan for- is the captain of the football team, Jimmy Art is fulfilling the role as the guy who keeps track of the equipment, who encourages non-consensual sex. <laughs> Hulk, you just you gotta take it. On a football team, have you? Because that guy doesn't exist. <laughs> yes, he does. No, he doesn't. The football team my school had, he did. There was no equipment manager in mine because we all just fucking didn't need one. You guys took care of your own equipment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because your equipment were tampons and crying. Nope, our equipment was razor blades. We would cut ourselves. <laughs> no helmets. <laughs> cut forehead. We're bleeding. We don't play with pads. Yeah. <gasps> Who what? Football starts now. Um, Pads are condoms for the arms. <laughs> We're the raw dog boys. We leave it in. <laughs> We're the, the Stoville cream pies. <laughs> Squeeze it out because we just won. What was Stoville's actual football team name? The Spartans. <laughs> yeah, well, it took four seconds for that one. We're the Spartans. In the Why? Break, I don't know, man. In the break, I'm going to ask you a personal question about the Stoville Spartans, but it involves a guy that we don't need to talk about on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, after the break... We'll I want to say this, though. Jimmy Hart was a great way for Hulk Hogan to, as a babyface, lose, but only the only reason I lost is because I tried to protect my small friend. That's the reason he exists. Yeah. Okay, that's great. He, again, I... He sucks. Yeah, ah! it sucks, but it's only way for Hulk Hogan to protect himself. Once again, now... In the, like, two years between 91 and 93, he has gained so much power because Vince McMahon is nuts and now thinks the only way I'm going to get on top is if Hulk Hogan yeah. saves my... Evidently, after body. WrestleMania 9, after the once they went off the air, supposedly Vince McMahon ran to the ring crying like, You're back! Yeah, yeah. You're back! It's terrifying. Only to have that man turn around to during the steroid trial, be like, plug WCW's pay-per-view... That he would debut on, accompanied to the ring by Shaquille O'Neal, Mr. T, and Jimmy Hart. Mouthless Out, Jimmy Hart. Yeah. After the break, Mouthless Out, Jimmy Hart's WCW career. The only man the NWO did not affect in WCW. <laughs> yeah, it really didn't. He was just gone. Yeah. He was wrestling. And some of the scummiest things this guy ever did to get a paycheck. That's up next. Oh, hey, everybody. Go buy our albums at DylanAgod.com. TheJohnHastings.com Rate and subscribe to the Wrestler Review And we're on Twitter and Instagram At Wrestler Review Remember, every other podcast Sucks my asshole Why Oh why oh, One is the only Number oh, we already that, said that Thunder in Paradise is why I left Oh, we did, you didn't explain this at all. Jimmy Hart leaves the WWF. Dylan God explained the Thunder and Paradise connection. Quickly, I'll explain Thunder and Paradise. Hulk Hogan somehow got himself a TV show. Here is the premise. Him and a guy named Brew have a boat, and they're mercenaries in the Florida Keys who fight terrorists who are either other wrestlers or just Fidel Castro clones. <laughs> so Hulk Hogan... I'm- Here's how you know you're watching something from pre-9-11. The terrorist is either Russian or a, I am from Mexico and I have a beard, but clearly I'm Fidel Castro. Oh, yeah. And then post-9-11, it was Arabs for a bit, and then I'm running a weird tech scheme because I don't like anything. Yeah. It's I, either Steve I Jobs. Hate, it's either I hate st- how they store, your, they store your WhatsApps. It's either Steve Jobs or Osama bin Laden. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. So- Jimmy Hart. Hulk Hogan loves Jimmy Hart. I don't know how. 
he just Jimmy Hart became friends with Hulk Hogan because he cozied up to Hulk Hogan in a weird way. He's probably Jimmy like, Hart knows where the bodies are essentially, and I don't mean that literally. I mean that yeah, I do. To turn a phrase, Hulk Hogan's fucked a dead body. <laughs> Let me tell you, brother. Sometime I like my pussy cold. <laughs> <laughs> Got a car, pop open a cold one, dude. <laughs> oh my fucking God. yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Jimmy Hart. <laughs> he said, "I need you on this." Hulk Hogan said, "I need it." Jimmy Hart, by the way, plays the bartender. Of the beach resort that um, Hulk Hogan and his buddy Brew live at, raising Hulk Hogan's daughter because he's he, he's a widower. That show is such the most '90s syndicated show. It's like, yeah, they're mercenary. This is the theme song. Like it's this is not the theme song, but this is what I guarantee it sounds like. They are mercenaries living in Florida. Pill runners are okay because they're white, but if <laughs> you're from Latin America, watch out. We got laser beams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just basically, it's like Walker, Texas Ranger, but instead of beating up Mexicans, we beat up Cubans. What do you think? Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um. So he just said, we need you, Jimmy. And then- uh, I wish they'd gotten a season two because you know they would have done a rocker thunder, uh, a Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger, Thunder in Paradise crossover. <laughs> also, by the way, everybody, every episode of Walker, Texas Ranger is on YouTube. Give yourself a watch. They're fucking awesome. If you get through one and you've never seen the show before, if you're not reminded of it uh, from being a kid, then there's no way you can get through a whole one, I will say. A buddy of mine, we definitely, like, he invited his now wife over and he said, come over, I want to show you a TV show. That TV show was Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) And? They're married now, two kids, so they've banged at least twice. Well, I mean, that's a pretty much like, we're going to watch this show and we're going to have sex because uh, there's no way you want to watch this show. (laughs) (laughs) Your puss is a criminal and my dick is kicking. Even if you don't like me, you're just going to have sex or leave. It's a line of the same. Never forget, there was an episode. 9-11. Walker, Texas Ranger, where 9-11 is prevented. Yeah. By Walker kicking me. Speaking of Hulk Hogan, yeah. by the way. It turns out they were all <laughs> South Central Los Angeles drug dealers. If you guys, you guys, hopefully, if you listen to this show, you've, of course, seen Hulk Hogan being the cause for 9-11. Yeah. Walker, <laughs> Texas Ranger <laughs> is what Donald Trump thinks the border is, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he just thinks it's cowboys spin kicking. Yeah. Chow Young Fat's his friend, his one ethnic friend is Chow Young Fat and Arsenio Hall. Oh, from and, uh, and Trevette, of course. Yeah. Ben Matlock's private eye who then goes on to work for the Texas Rangers. All in the same universe. Yeah. Learns to fight. As is diagnosis murder. <laughs> he's, the, he's the best. So Jimmy Hart is needed on uh, Thunder in Paradise. Hulk Hogan says, we need you, Jimmy. And then Jimmy says, you got to equal the money. And uh, Hulk Hogan a week later sent him a cashier's check and was like, that's just up front. Because like they did with, uh, they do with, with Spike TV... When they try to get TNA off the ground and when they try to get now Bellator, the mixed martial arts thing off the ground, they signed certain people they'll sign with Viacom and TBS actually followed through with that shit. They basically were like, Hulk Hogan, you get a TV show, plus we need you in wrestling. Because Ted Turner can No, 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 because no, Thunder in Paradise was before WCW. Thunder in Paradise was already happening and then he went to WCW because all the meetings took place on the set of Thunder in Paradise. Part of the deal was then Thunder in Paradise aired in syndication before Nitro. That's terrifying. 
The lead-in for WC. This is how hot wrestling was. I want my shit TV show that only has 22 episodes to air before you, this program. Fine. It really broke the world of that show, too, because, like, I mean, I know we did Hogan already, but... We didn't really touch on the Thunder in Paradise aspect. But it really broke the TV show, because there's if you watch old Nitros during the NWO, like, the NWO was storming WCW, once it's, like, set in, this is an angle, and it's, like, seven, eight months in, and everything's working, they literally will have... Hulk Hogan made for TV movies that have to be promoted by the announcers who supposedly hate Hulk Hogan. How they announced that Sting is finally wrestling Hulk Hogan is at a fake press conference for a Hulk Hogan made for TV movie either called like Escape to Devil's Island or the Devil's Island Redux. Something with an island. And it's him and Carl Weathers. By the way, Carl Weathers, just a great man. (laughs) How much money do you got? I will do that for that fee. So... Jimmy Hart immediately turns on Hogan pretty much and starts managing the Dungeon of Doom. (laughs) Here's how he turns on him. He puts a clause in the contract with the Giant that the Giant can win the WCW World Heavyweight title by disqualification. The Giant was Hulk Hogan's pet project. They found him. Hogan insisted on being portrayed as the son of Andre the Giant, and he still doesn't go over clean after Hulk Hogan drives him off the roof of yeah. a building yeah. in a monster truck tug of war. Yeah. Machine versus machine, man versus man. He literally kills the giant and And then the giant comes back from death <laughs> <laughs> and still can't beat Hulk Hogan. Jimmy Hart in Here's what th- that teaches us. Paul yeah. White impervious to death, not impervious to a leg drop from a balding man in cowboy boots. Is there who would you say Jimmy Hart is like? Because it's like whenever Hulk Hogan is a face, he just comes in as like an extra, like an extra a face from his past. Does Jimmy Hart is Jimmy Hart kind of like Miss Elizabeth? Is Jimmy Hart kind of like maybe like Vince McMahon is now to Shane McMahon? Like he's just this weird extra thing where it's like, oh, we need to heat up an angle involving Hulk Hogan. Now Jimmy Hart is there. Yeah, that's basically what they try and do up until when he switches heel and he goes with the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah. And that actually, by the way, this is the beginning of the WCW rating spike. They do a couple of things that are brilliant. First of all, they reignite the Macho Man Ric Flair feud, and they but they do it sort of Southern wrestling style. And they do one of the best things I've ever seen, which is at a slambery sort of about six months after this where it's Hulk Hogan is now still feuding with the Giant and the Dungeon of Doom and they've wrapped that up. The other thing they do is they have Ric Flair and Macho Man Randy Savage and because it's the Battle Bowl they have drawn out of a like a thimble drawn out of a lottery uh, tag teams and one of the tag teams is Ric Flair Macho Man Randy Savage and they have a massive delay because Ric Flair and Macho Man neither one of them will walk to the ring because they know the other one will attack them from behind. Oh yeah, yeah, we've talked about this. Yeah. It's one of the best things. So Ric Flair's literally finally is coming out, and you can just see him turning around, and you're like, he's gonna do it. And then he almost gets to the ring, and you could see him like, all right, I'm relaxed, I'm fine. And that's when the Macho Man runs out. <laughs> it's it is one of the best built up angles for an like, entire. This is when Nitro is one hour, and the beginning of a bunch of Nitros in a row are Ric Flair is the world champion, and he walks out to just eat dinner and watch the show with two women, and it's just countdown to Randy Savage coming up and beating <laughs> the shit out of him. It's so good. Yeah. Jimmy Hart managed Ric Flair to his 12th victory. He's just a cut and paste manager for whenever they need him. Um, after the he dungeon then builds of- up into the Dungeon and Dome uh, Four as Horsemen soon- feud. 
that's yeah. one of the builds up of the summer. Then the NWO happens, and this is when Jimmy Hart basically just becomes a time to catch a paycheck and wrestle Conan. Well, you know who he what he did? He met, he booked WCW Saturday Night because it was like Bischoff was like I only care about Nitro. So Jimmy Hart just booked WCW Saturday Night. And the are you telling me that this man might be responsible for high voltage? He might be responsible for roadblock. He might be responsible for ice train. Hole in one, Barry Darso. Do you understand that without Jimmy Hart, we would not have a logo for this program? <laughs> wow, I didn't ever thought of it that way. Jimmy Hart gave us... Ho- what if you like golf, Barry? Barry! That was really bad. <laughs> Barry! Barry! <laughs> you know how? You know how you don't like fat people? You want to stop <laughs> <laughs> You know how you don't like fat women, Barry? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not good either. I've that, this is the worst Jimmy Hart. <laughs> so you're a dog. It's a dog. That's why you got the dog. So you, is there an easier job? Because here's what his job in WCW was: legit for five years until his return as the strapmaster for the Yapapai strap match. <laughs> Yapapai, when Hulk Hogan just made up a tribe of native people. Yapapai. Why don't you use a real one? Ah. What was the Yapapai strap? It was like WCW 2000. Oh, yeah. So, Oh, you mean the best time wrestling has ever been? What's the idea? I light a man on fire. Next week. (laughs) How about we drive a bunch of dump trucks into each other? Okay, we have no money now. We can't afford a ring. It's a mud match. Time's the whole card. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, It's the Holocaust match in this corner. Judaism in the oh, other oh, corner, man. a gun. When I had to watch, when we had to, when I, when I had to watch the Sid match where he breaks his leg, <laughs> and then I watched how looked at how many people were in that arena. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> it's like they kept the same jumbotron, so it just highlighted how like this jumbotron. Like if you laid the jumbotron down, you could get everyone in the arena to stand on top of it. It was insane. Oh yeah. So five years he's booking uh, WCW Saturday Night and. One of the most unsung things that Jimmy Hart does is he got money to write every WCW theme song. What did he do? In most cases... You'd write the songs. What he would do is take a popular song, change eight notes, such as the old self-high-five DDP, yeah. right? Chris Jericho's theme song. What is Chris Jericho's theme song, actually? Even Flow. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Even Flow, uh, Pearl Jam. And... Uh, in some cases, like the NWO theme song. Or the Harlem Heat theme song. Or the Harlem Heat theme song. Or Chris Benoit's theme song. Or uh, like a host of others. He would just take production music. Goldberg's theme song is like this too. Yeah. He would just take production music and just say he wrote it and they wouldn't do anything. This is in the time before the internet. Before, I mean, you still have computers where you can search a database, but it's kind of, it's a bit harder. But he would just take production music and be like, yo, I wrote that, and then get a huge check. Yeah. What the, a fucking genius asshole. <laughs> the fact that Goldberg's production... like I thought he It's took- not... It's from a weird sci-fi movie, because <laughs> that's why they had to change it in WWF. When he, when he went on his first Fed run, they used it for a bit, and then... They got and then like that company had been fucking waiting and gave him a cease and desist order. And then, but they were like, "Pay us this money for the song." And Vince was like, "No, I don't care if he lives or dies." Yeah, <laughs> I don't think you know who you're missing. <laughs> oh yes, 
I got your letter. I sound a little strange because I'm shitting on it right now. <laughs> There's a man behind you. He doesn't want anything. He just wants to be behind you. It's going to be weird. No. Man in response to a cease and desist letter sends a man to just be yeah be behind you at all times. (laughs) You try and look to look at him, and he just quickly is behind you again. (laughs) He's gonna grab your hips. I gotta tell you, there's nothing about that. There's nothing about that I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, suck my dick. And then he went on to, so after WCW, after basically being like, hey, I'm here with Hulk Hogan. Also, who gives a shit who wins Hard Work Bobby Rocker or both of the Young Dragons? He also claims to have written the Young Dragons theme song. And it's like, he's proud of that one. It's like, okay, yeah, you just took every Asian stereo. Like, it's the same theme song that every Japanese wrestler had for the last 30 fucking years, man. Yeah. Uh, what do you think uh, Great Muda's theme song should be? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, Laundry Kazayashi is sings ready. <laughs> Laundry is ready. Keta super, keta super. <laughs> it's all the same. Oh God, He's Jimmy Hart. He Jimmy Hart is the HPV of the wrestling industry. Yeah, I love. Not it. harmful. I got it. I got it. Mm. Oh. It's gonna be bumpy. Nutting. I'm nutting. <laughs> Good. Um, Jimmy Hart goes down with that ship. By the way, one of the famous photos is you can see him wearing a headset. Work in the gorilla position. Yeah, at uh, the last Nitro, he was he was um he was on the la- he was on the booking committee as of February two thousand one, and the reason why Jimmy Hart I'm assu- I'm assuming this he was in that Bischoff group to try and gain control of the company so yeah. they could get another TV deal because he immediately after WCW folds basically forms the XPW. The XPW essentially just takes the fucking young kids who will work for fucking no money. And just tries to relaunch and Hogan quickly. and Piper. Pop and in like, briefly, and then they're like, what, no money? And he's like, ah, Yeah, exactly. A <laughs> uh, couple of things I want to talk about. Jimmy Hart's jackets. Great. Fucking great. Well, he had, because he, he said his jackets, he would change them for every. He changed them for every wrestler. Every wrestler he managed. Now, it's really kind of tragic because. He's very good. He's still alive, correct. <laughs> but he's he's very good, but he's just not as good as Bobby Heenan. He could have done more when he was trying to really accentuate himself and be different. He was great. His early WWF run, he was great. He was just clearly broken from the fact that he could never compete with Bobby Heenan in that way. And when they tried to bring him in with like someone like the Natural Disasters or Earthquake, they just had him be a poor man's Bobby Heenan. I think that that's the biggest detriment he has. Yes. So that's your worst thing. You're cutting all the way there. Before you've even done the timeline, you're fucking cutting all the way there. I'm not cutting all the way there. Shut the fuck up now. Put put my toe in your mouth. He basically is a wrestling manager for about, what, 15 years, maybe? More than that. No, 1980 to 1995, essentially. No, but he's no, he's a wrestler. He's a manager. He's he manages on he manages on Nitro basically throughout the end because he st- he then has the first family. He's always the manager of Ming for some reason. Like yes, yes, he is. <laughs> like he, he is he's on screen as a manager. Once the NWO arrives in 1997, he stops being a significant part. Like he's literally just like remember Jimmy Hart. <laughs> We're still paying him evidently. <laughs> Hogan's got to be because you couldn't have him in the NWO, even though if you wanted to actually, you know that Hogan pitched that at some point was just like, 
And then it turns out Jimmy Hart wrote our music and he's my friend. <laughs> I could see Jimmy Hart kind of in the NWO, though. Could you? Wrong. Bad. You're bad. I'm good. John's good. Dylan's if you bad. want any coolness in the NWO, you wouldn't have Jimmy Hart, though. Yeah. Like, once Virgil got in there, we're like, boo. Jimmy Hart would have been better than Virgil. No. You would have just had to change his promo style. No. You don't. The NWO, they should have capped it. It should have only been ex-Fed guys. That would have been fucking great. And it should have been no, recent ex-Fed guys. I don't think guys. so, man. It's, it had to be, okay, Hogan, Hall, Nash. Do great. an, yeah, an all-star team right as now. As soon as the Giant joined, if they had been able to get Davey Boy Smith and Davey Boy Smith had been the fourth man, great. Because then that's a di- that's your case. Okay, so now you have Leader and Hogan, cool tag team, muscly enforcer, who's Davey Boy Smith, Sean Waltman, great, billionaire Ted DiBiase, he's the guy paying for everything. That's it. Here's what I think, though. I think. That- oh, I didn't realize you thought you mattered. Shut the fuck up. I will fucking cock Big head nerd. Get Big re- head nerd. Get ready to taste vain. The NWO had this like actual. They had an actual like gimmick around them past being a this is the WWF. Yeah, they were the Once, we- they were the West Coast rap tr- group. <laughs> but they were like Tupac. They were like a shitty gang at a high school, right? Yeah. So here's what I'm saying. Here's my NWO All Star team is Hogan, Nash, Hall, X Pac, Conan, Buff Bagwell. Oh, I'll give you Buff Bagwell. Yeah. That's Eric Bischoff. No. Eric Bischoff is great. You just need people who can pull off this like shitty gang of cool assholes. The pros- plus the old Hulk, old Hulk Hogan, who's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like uh, any of those like oddly Walker Texas Ranger episodes where it's like all these teens are dealing weed, and who's the supplier? Their dad. <laughs> one of the kids' dads just gets them to deal weed, and he, he doesn't give a shit. And he hurts one of the kids. He takes them out of oh, the wood yeah. shop. He fucks. He fucks X Pac. <laughs> oh Why did you have to choose X Pac? Someone who has is an. Ah! <laughs> oh no! Went in too easy. Oh, Get no. me Conan. Oh no! <laughs> X Pac actually is a victim of sex crime. Oh really? Yeah. No, oh, I didn't know that. That's what he always. Anytime he talks about his drug addiction, it's like it's like he's singing the chorus of his favorite song, just like, um, uh, I did drugs. Because my uncle fucked me. Anyway. Oh, no. I wasn't allowed to drive. That's not good. Much happier topics, though. Jimmy Hart, basically, he's been in TNA for about eight years. Uh, He went in TNA for eight years. Then he bounced back and forth to WWE. He did a bit of stuff for WWE. He is the king of connections, I think. He's gotten the most out of just doing spot stuff. Uh, he always has a. He had an energy drink for a bit. Um, he's deeply in TNA production uh, crew before they gave the production to the Harris twins, two guys with fucking actual SS tattoos. He's in the. Doesn't mean they don't know how to use a camera. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yes, that's true. He was uh, inducted into the, uh, the Hall of Fame with, of course, your boy Hulk Hogan. Hmm. Um, ha 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 Hulk let's go back to the hotel room and eat Twinkies and be idiots like I'm saying basically all he did was he got out of being a regular manager once being a cartoon 
stopped working essentially in 1995. Like the Dungeon of Doom was his last real run, and then he comes back spot because Hulk Hogan's his boy. Um, and that's about it. That's the end. Of, that's the end of Jimmy Hart. Uh, what's your favorite thing about Jimmy Hart, John? Jackets. Jackets. One word. A strong word. Yeah. If my if I could pick a last name for myself, it'd be Jackets. John Jackets. My favorite thing about Jimmy Hart. Who's Ginny Hart, you Ginny fucking Hart? idiot? Who's Ginny Hart? Nothing. Is I that his no, daughter? I no, no, I don't like him. <laughs> I have no favorite thing. You don't like Jimmy Hart? No. Wow. Decisive. He seems like a nice man. <laughs> All right, that's your favorite. But he seems like a liar. He seems like a liar. <laughs> he seems like a really disingenuous man. Oh, yeah. He, here's what he is. He's the kind of guy that invites you over for dinner, and then if you're like, oh, what's to drink? He's like, Water. Yeah, it doesn't provide a, a juice or a wine option. So like me, all right, I like him again. <laughs> he, I don't know, man. I just find him untrustworthy. Every interview I listen to with him, I'm like, I don't like this fucking guy. Oh, he's clear. Like the fact that no one, re like everyone's like, Bobby Heenan's the greatest manager of all time. There's also Jimmy Hart. You're like, boo, boo. Think of a think of all the managers in the '80s and who made. Less of an imp I mean, maybe it's just that he, he was had under a big the impact as a uh, he had a big impact for being there in the eighties. Yes, but think of a guy like so go Heenan, and then what? Cornette, James E. Peace be. He was in the NWA, which I understand was like, and now you're not under the shadow of Heenan, of course. But then what? J.J. Dillon. Like think of all the managers in that era, and Jimmy Hart was just kind of there. It's great, you point. know. Yes. He climbed up to a point where he was in the main event mix a bit, but that was really just because Heenan went on commentary, wasn't it? You know? Yeah, it was, it, and also they needed to move away from Bobby Heenan. They wanted to give him a shot, but he basically then became a poor man's Heenan and that they did stuff like you get five minutes alone with him, all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah. And like the megaphone thing... That's why. Uh, here's That's why, why I'm surprised your favorite thing like wasn't Heenan. the megaphone. I mean, it's the best, but I mean, I just don't like him. It's the only. I'm taking a stand. This is gonna be a special episode. I don't like. It's him. a very special episode. Very special rest review. I just find him to be like. It's kind of like, eh. I wonder what he thinks about you. He probably thinks of shit, <laughs> and it's probably justified. We both probably mutually. I don't know. I say he seems like all right guy. I don't know, but it's just like yeah. I guess the megaphone. Fine. Done. Megaphone. I just I just didn't like that era where everyone everyone had a thing that they because Bobby Heenan was great because he didn't have a weapon. No, he would have occasionally you'd see him reach him into his pockets and he, you know what he would do? He had something called the donut hole. This is something I learned. Okay. So uh, Bobby Heenan did a thing called the donut hole. So it's you just see him if there was a guy over in the sounds super sexual. <laughs> I get that out of the way. Like that legit. It sounds like Glory Donut. Oh just yeah, changed Glory to Donut. What he would do is he'd be he he'd like really telegraph this. He would do this at uh, he would do this at live shows. So he'd really telegraph to the crowd. He had his hand in his pocket, and then when the baby face was in the corner, he would uh, be like like rummaging in his pocket, like turn, look both ways to the crowd so they could see something coming. And then he would ball his fist and kind of cover with the other hand and hit him, and the baby face would sell like he was dead. And then he put his hand like he like then and nothing was in there. Dip yeah. down to the shoe, and then the referee would jump out, being like, "What did you do? What did you do? Check the pockets. Nothing. Do it three times." 
Jim Cornette explains that, that how a wrestler would do it, where you'd move it from um, trunks to knee pads to mouth, mm-hmm. and then Bobby Heenan, and then he goes and bo- and then I looked up that because I wanted to see it, and then uh, someone else is talking about how Bobby Heenan did it all the time. It was like Bobby Heenan's big move in the AWA. Yeah. I like the function that Jimmy Hart had as like being a B manager. I like the idea of having even there's good and bad managers, you know, like they did an angle. I've talked about this. I talked about this on the Heenan episode we recorded, but there's an angle where uh, Bobby Heenan and Jim, Jim Cornette are against each other in ROH managing wrestlers. Mm. Uh, I think it's I th- Cabana's with Heenan and I think BJ Whitmer's with Cornette or something. But anyway, and then Bobby Heenan just outmanages Jim Cornette. And like I like that idea. I like the idea that one manager is better than the other and shit like that. Um, I wish they would have played with that idea more. I like the idea of trades. I like that whole thing of like institutional. Well, that sounds the, the weird territory things of the idea they would be friends. Yes, I guess I just like the idea of two heel managers trying to outmanage each other, and the manager can be the star, right? And I guess Jimmy Hart was good because he got heat on the wrestlers. Like he always let the wrestler, and he was a way for the wrestler to, like, be a heel. And win the match, mm. you know, while still maintaining some like, like he would never like. What they would do in the mid two thousands is not only would you help the wrestler win the match, but he'd also pull the heel on top of the babyface. And maybe that's just more of the WWE style now, like really keeping the babyface always really, really like strong. But Jimmy Cornette or Jim Cornette, uh, Jimmy Hart never did that. But I mean, like, he just seems like one of those dudes in the periphery of always being. He seems like he's always in the periphery of pro wrestling managers, but like when you look at it, it's just he's good, but he's not like great. And you expect something great when you always hear of a guy's name. He's the missionary position of managers. Just fine. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it's really good. Yeah, when I do it, not when you do it. No, specifically only me. Um, what's not the, true. What's the worst thing about Jimmy Hart? Business practices. What do you mean? The fact that he built a company for a bunch of money by just taking production music and being like, I wrote that. Yeah. Just seems like a bad guy. Yeah. For how nice he is. Here's the thing. Because he'll never... You'd leave your kids with Jimmy Hart, but you'd think twice. You'd monitor... I would never leave my kids with Jimmy Hart. You don't have kids. You're sterile. I'm super potent. <laughs> That's not true. You're sitting on my chair right now. Your mom's pregnant. <laughs> If that's I undid menopause. That was about to be like that is fa- that is fast. That's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I undo menopause. That's what they I call- can't be near a premenopausal woman. Is that why they call you Dylan the Bleeder God? Yeah. Hey, women, don't wear white jeans around. Dylan God is gonna make your pussy bleed. Not a fat dick, just a weird pheromone <laughs> problem. It's genetic. <laughs> my worst thing about Jimmy Hart. It's is my musk. His fucking, uh, his fucking face. Good the point. fact that you get into wrestling and you literally don't have to change anything about how you dress is terrifying <laughs> to me. He changed nothing. Yeah, I can't argue with that, man. It's a great point. If you cu- if you in the mid two thousands came up with an energy drink, you are a racist. I there is no correlation between those. It's just the worst thing. It's just the wor- he's a pedophile racist, and I would believe all of those things. 
I feel like remember you, the energy drink phase in the mid two thousands where everyone had an energy drink. Like I think they had like David Hasselhoff, Kevin Ho- Sorbo, Hulk Hogan, and Jimmy Hart had an energy drink. <laughs> Did he really? Yes, he fucking promoted it on TNA all the time. What was it called? I don't know, shark juice or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? I do. There was probably actual like crushed up Vicodin in it, and it just got you addicted to Vicodin. <laughs> and then you <laughs> came in, and your Jimmy Hart was just like, "Hey, did you need some pills there?" <laughs> was that a better one? No, it wasn't. <laughs> Let's try and find Jimmy Hart's energy I'm drink. It up right now. And uh, yeah, his business. Practice- it was called Bevnet. Uh, no, that's the website. I'm a Bevnet. fucking I'm an asshole. It's called Bevnet.com. Uh, this is in 2006, Hall of Famer. Yeah. It's called Mouse of the South High Energy Drink. It's available at participating 7-Eleven stores. There's no way it still is. I really hope, though. <laughs> Mouth of the South. WWE All Hall of Famer. Jimmy Hart's Wrestling All-Stars con- <laughs> High Energy Formula. Get the fuck out of here, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> I feel like you've become me for this episode. I'm actually quite accepting of Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, and you are doing what I usually do, which is like, he's a pedophile, and I hope his mom's dead. <laughs> hey, uh, Jimmy, uh, it's Jerry here. I got some 13-year-olds coming over There's the, the can. <laughs> <laughs> I got some 13-year-olds coming to the house. You want to come over and hold the knife to their neck? Yeah. Of course, Jerry. Yeah. Welcome, everyone. It's me, Mean Gene. I'm stood here with my procurer, Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. <laughs> blood in, blood out, yeah. Gene. <laughs> he drives the van. I get the cum out of our dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, scrape it out with the stinky. Yeah. Remem- remember, everyone, if they're not screaming, my balls aren't descended. Back to you, Jimmy. <laughs> 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 We can't, uh, we cannot do, if he would have stayed, he got wrestling super quickly, and if he could have stayed on the trajectory of being in Memphis for a really long time, then he would have, uh, done very well, but he just couldn't, you know, he just couldn't do it, and he didn't, and I mean, get out of the wrestling business and use it for whatever you want, yeah, like, and always stay and kind of like he's i mean it's very obvious that he was a musician because he's just trying to find any way to do make money that he possibly can um but yeah he just uh really uh really leaves a sour taste in my mouth not unlike i leave in uh fine old ladies mouths so next week we're going to be doing john who Elegante. are we doing? El Yagante, also known as Giant Gonzalez. Also known as Ted Turner needs to meet athletes before he signs them to his basketball team. Get ready for what does it look like if you solve crime in the future <laughs> if it was 1982, but it's 1991. It's Eligante. He's got a rat tail and bone diseases. He's wearing fur on his one piece. <laughs> he is managed by Harvey Whippleman. He causes the Undertaker to say, you got to help me out. The greatest wrestler in the history of mankind, El Gigante, next week on The Wrestler Review. Thank you very much for listening. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, boy. That's doing so good. What's sign, man? Somebody was holding up a sign I thought you might be interested. Yeah, there it is, right over there.
Well, you, at least they called you a big whip. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, let me tell you what. Even the signs can't worry me today. The people can't Feeling good, huh? Baby, I feel great. What a super day for professional wrestling. I got a little piece of film I'm going to show you very shortly. But let me, on a sadder note, you know, two things happened this week in my life. One very tragic and one very positive and very happy. The, the sad thing, and I think you've got a little clip of this on the, on the bulletin board now, if you'll show it. A very close and personal friend of mine, Andy Kaufman, is dying of cancer. I know you laugh about it. Go ahead, you laugh. You people are sick. But let me tell you what, the man who can't sleep at night is Jerry Lawler. How can Jerry Lawler go to bed at night thinking about what he did to this man? Because everybody knows five ways of cancer, baby, five ways. And the number one way of catching cancer is when you get a bruise or, or, or a lump on you, man. That's cancer. And he's got cancer of the brain. And that is called from that pile driver that Jerry Lawler... Don't go all, Jimmy. You know it's caused about it. Because of the pile driver, Lawler, you gave Andy Kaufman cancer and he is dying baby and that is the fact but it's gonna be payback for you now that's number one but going to a happier note Big Joe LaDuke baby is on his way back let me tell you something Eddie Marlin Mr. Tight Pocket the big man of professional wrestling he thought he was gonna throw a curveball at Jimmy Hart because he thinks Jimmy Hart can't hit curves but baby I can hit anything so what I did I got me a good attorney I got me a good lawyer and you know what he found out right here and the paper came in the mail yesterday afternoon you can't refuse a wrestler or anybody else his right to work. And that's exactly what Eddie Marlin tried to do with the help of Jerry Lawler. So all those petitions y'all signed didn't do a bit of good, baby, because Joe Duke is on his way back. And it will be payback time for you, Hold Jerry on. the King Lawler. That'll make but Lawler a happy. super day in you wrestling, mark my words, a super day in wrestling. Now, I've got a little piece of video I want to show you of a pep talk that I had with the first family of wrestling. Can y'all guys roll that film up there, brother? This is a...